Hi, my name is John Katsavos and welcome to the Fitness Oracle. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about the secret of how to drop 10 to 15 pounds and keep it off with complete ease. I've created a free three-part video series for you that explains what the three biggest mistakes people make when they're working out and limits them to the results that they're going after. I am also going to help you get all the details about how you can immediately sign up to the 21 day caveman challenge, which is a do it for you workout program. This has been developed by me for over 11 years of my experience as a professional personal trainer. So go ahead, put in your name and your primary email address, click the link in the show notes below right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people, with real stories, just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Sabrina Sayer from Sabrina Super Productions. She was born in Chicago, and she is a coach and race director. She is a coach on mind, body, and spirit, which is a holistic system with a fitness, nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and connecting all the pieces online, in person, and in a hybrid setting. She has a degree in biology and chemistry. She was, she was in honors pre-med as a student. She is also a single mother of two teenage daughters. She owns a brick and mortar fitness studio, and she has her own race series as well as a pacing team. She has personally run over 337 marathons and ultras, including 100 milers. And she teaches all sorts of fitness styles. Sabrina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, you have a very busy, busy lifestyle, I see. Uh, do you have any upcoming races that now that we're no longer in uh, lockdown? Yeah, actually, well, we are putting on an in-person event for my own run series in April. It's in the trails. So we're pretty excited about that. We're scoping that out this weekend and that's going to sell out. All of our races are selling out. And then because all races were basically canceled last year, when I open up my e email, it's a surprise like, oh, yay, this race has been rescheduled. So I have two mountain 50 milers coming up. So I've been training pretty hard for those. Yeah, nice. So it's all good. Very good. Very good. Um, you actually do quite a bit on Facebook. Uh, I do. That's where I actually, I think that I got introduced to you on Facebook. We were just, I just friended you and all of a sudden I'm seeing all this great content coming <laughs> out, um, especially in March. Well, this month, March, uh, earlier, you actually talked about you posted something that quite interesting. Uh, you started talking about boxes. Mm, yes. Um, and, and you started to identify the different types of boxes people live in. What mm -hmm. brought that about? Well, I think we've all felt 
like we've been put in boxes and tried to live in the boxes and then tried to live in that identity. And it's very limiting. And people make assumptions sometimes based on your physical appearance, well, not sometimes, oftentimes. And I think we're seeing that really the last few months it got really big with Black Lives Matter. That was a big one. Um, but there's a lot more that we don't talk about sexuality. Um, if you look a certain way, if you live in a certain place. So that's a really broad one. But there are boxes everywhere that we all feel stuck in, which are very limiting until we can start to break them open and just actually be ourselves, be our authentic selves. Awesome. Um, what was like, kind of like the impact that you've got from everybody else when uh, they were, did you get any like revelations from other people? Um, I think people read those kind of posts and either they'll say, oh my gosh, that was awesome. It's inspirational. Or a lot of people I've noticed are really quiet and they'll, they'll perk up later or all of a sudden they just message me later. Like, Hey, I need you to coach me or they private message me because people don't often want to talk about feelings of maybe inadequacy feeling that they're stuck in a box or want to admit they're stuck in a box because it's admitting, you know, that you have some shame and guilt and lack and uncertainty. And my gosh, we don't want to admit those things publicly. No, especially if you're not, especially if you're a guy, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, especially if you're a guy. I think a lot of people don't want to admit it. Yeah. And there I am talking about all that stuff. And people are like, ah, she went there. <laughs> yeah, I go there. That's good. No, I, I love it when I see people going to uncomfortable places. I think it shows a, uh, a sense of uh, not just maturity, but like uh, self-confidence as well, that you are comfortable in your own skin. And that's why I reached out to you to, to bring you on the show, because I want to talk. I want to learn more about you as a yeah, trainer, and as a person. So you had a very interesting um, past. We're not yes. going to, we're not going to dive too deep into it. Uh, I know it's personal and I respect your privacy, but what impact did your divorce have on you as a person? Oh, that was a big impact. Um, and I don't mind talking about it, but some people get a little shocked talking about it. It, it goes back all the way to being actually raised by a narcissist. My dad had PTSD and he is very verbally abusive. So I think I, um, as a kid, you don't know any better and you pick up patterns and you think that's normal. So then you get quiet and you learn survival skills. And I actually appreciate that that was my environment to learn because I really got intuitive and I learned how to read people because we didn't talk about feelings. We didn't talk about emotions. And I also saw how suffocating it was to live in this facade. But not knowing, I went and got married and fell in love with the Cinderella story. Oh my gosh, this person's going to save me. I was 21. I was young. I actually had an eating disorder as a response to trying to control my life from my youth. And it's pretty normal. And a lot of people don't talk about it. Once I started talking about it, everyone all of a sudden wanted to talk about it and they suffered something similar or um, other traumatic responses to environments. So then I married this guy and had kids with him and he is an alcoholic and again, narcissist and all the same stuff. So just kind of plotted along and shut down. I was supposed to be the Stepford wife. I was supposed to just like the life and the money and the lifestyle. 
and it didn't fit with me. And it wasn't until I finally started running and literally envisioned me taking my life back with every step when I was about 30, did I start to create the reality that I really desired to live in. Was this the re- was this one of the things that actually helped bring about the uh, nine core values that you talk about uh, on Facebook? Those are pretty common if you um, go look up in any kind of psychology platform. They're common. Some people simple it down to four, um, but the way I'm coaching is I do three a month and help people look back on habits and create a system to that's that they can implement and integrate into their lives at their pace so that they can actually create new habits. So we look in the past, we present time them, and then we look into the future. And then we're always looking back and forth. And we also connect how they are all interrelated. It's a web. Um, Most of us tend to think like, oh my gosh, if only I had the perfect nutrition plan. Oh my gosh, if only I just got married and had the two kids. Oh my gosh, if only, you know, see, it gets very surface level, but when you start to dig deep into the layers, you see that they're not just one thing and they're not surface level. They all go very deep and they're all very connected. So if you're lacking in one, it'll pull from the others. But when you start to build the other areas up, it actually will help build the others up. But if you're not making the connections, it's easy to just keep going about life blind and numb, numbing out buying things on Amazon. I mean, I buy things on Amazon too, but, you know, thinking that these surface level quote unquote fixes will create their life that they want. Cool. I, I, I always buy stuff that I'm not supposed to I'll, I'll <laughs> get myself yeah. in trouble like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another thing that actually was, uh, Another reason why I brought you on is because of your, your attitude. I absolutely love it. I, I see <laughs> you on Facebook and I'm like, yeah, this chick's got it. I love it. I love her, her fire, her, her burn in it. And one video specifically that you put out earlier, earlier this month, you were talking about uh, coaching versus training. Yes. And you were giving an analogy of a floating bag as a fart in the wind. And I yes. absolutely <laughs> loved it. I'm like, yeah, bang on. You've got uh-huh. it. Can you talk a little bit more about that video for everybody that's listening in? Yeah. Uh, that triggered some people who are a floating bag in the wind <laughs> and I didn't care. I'm like, well, I'm just putting it out there. If it triggered you, maybe there's some work to do there and that's okay. But you know, you don't get in a car without a destination who knows where you're going to end up who knows if you're going to run out of gas like you can't plan for that you know usually you get in your car you know how far you're going to go you know how much gas you need who's with you if you have snacks where the gas stations are and then we we expect our lives to just happen that way without a destination or a clear path or gathering the tools or or stopping when we need to stop and looking around um yeah some people just think oh well i i did this or i want this i read it in a magazine Oh, Sabrina, I watched your video. I'm super motivated. That doesn't mean shit. It's not going to go anywhere. So the way I coach is, you know, rather than like a trainer might be like, good job. Here's your perfect plan. Here's your perfect training regime, a clipboard. I've never used a clipboard or anything or built people up. I just watch and pay attention and talk to them. Um, They're not going to ask you the questions like, 
did you not sleep all night? Are you fighting with your spouse? And start to dig into the nitty gritties and connect, you know, oh my gosh, your dad just died. Your, your cholesterol's high, your cortisol's high and really start to paint the holistic picture for them um, to create that system. So they're not floating around wondering why in one hour, how come you can't fix me at the gym? Well, or they go to, you know, the, the low ticket, um, you know, one hour at the class. Well, when are they going back? What do you really need? What's really bothering you? Then you go home and you're not really creating the habits to implement new habits or undoing things you've created that you need to unlearn that aren't serving you. Oh, that's, that's great. So do you consider yourself uh, more of a, like, like a life coach rather than a personal trainer and I guess I don't. Yeah. I mean, people I've trained, you know, they're always like, Sabrina, you're like a lifestyle coach. And I don't really call myself anything. Like, what do you need? Let's paint it all out. Cause everyone needs bigger parts in some parts of their lives. Like they need more mindset stuff, or maybe they're, they need more nutrition. Maybe they need this. Like, and so it kind of bounces up and down. It's like that barometer I was talking about. Um, But if you coach blindly without knowing all of the nitty gritties, you're not going to help them implement and integrate. And that's what will stick essentially over time. So lifestyle coach, life coach, holistic coaching. I'm not sure. It's all of it. I'll change your life. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um... I won't change it. I'll help you change it. And that's a big thing I always say to people like, I am here to walk next to you to help you build your system. I am not responsible for your work. If you fail, you failed you. Let's get that clear. And they're like, oh, dang. But uh, I know for what doing this 12 years, I know that people don't like hearing that, but sometimes they just need, they just need that hard truth. Yeah. Oh, I'll give the hard truth. I'm a lot of love, but I'm hard truth. You know, and I'll listen the way we have daily interactions, which helps them just recreate new mindset, new ways of speaking to themselves and then to the world. We had a call the other day and someone, you know, just checking back, like, Hey, how are your three core values and new habits going? And someone said, Oh, well, I mean, I only meditated like three or four times a week. I said, wow, did you just put a big poop emoji over your head and dump it on you? Like, you can't say I'm really proud of myself for meditating three to four times a week. And I can see how that created more calm and clarity throughout my day. And I'm excited to implement some more by doing it at night. I said, would you look at, you know, so-and-so next to you and say, I can't believe you didn't do it every day. And she was like, oh my gosh. Yep. It's all about perspective, right? Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't change overnight by reading one article or working one hour with a coach. It's that's why I have the 90 day program. Like, Let's really immerse in this container and move your energy. So you can agree with me that saying like being a trainer, you have to have, you have to be wearing many hats and especially the good trainers out there. They, they're more of like, I know personally the life stories of all my clients. I don't, I don't want to, 
(laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I know more about their husbands or their wives than I actually bargain for. And it's like, just, I'm here to help you physically. Let's deal with the physical stuff. But is this the kind of coaching that you give uh, your, your clients as well? It's like more that holistic, that, 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 that total package kind of thing. And do you find that it's a little, it can get a little too much sometimes? Um, some people don't want to step into it and I'm upfront about it and, and that's okay. You know, they're going to take what they want as they want it or not. Um, I provide the balanced system so that way, Hey, we're going to work out now. This is the workout time. Turn your brain off. Let's go. Cause by taking care of yourself, then you can go into the other areas of your life. Okay. Here's a nutrition piece. Okay. Let's make it simple. Let's go. So I think because it's, it's back and forth and I could tell when they're tired of too much like mindset stuff, then we, we ease off. So I really pay attention to the energy system of the people. And like you said, not everyone wants it and they probably wouldn't hire me and go ahead keep hiding from yourself. You're not hiding from me. And I reach out to people. I'm like, you're not hiding from me. You're hiding from yourself. So when you're ready, let's go. That's awesome. Um, recently, you actually spoke about need versus create. And I thought this mm-hmm. is this was very, like, very recently. And I thought this was, like, bang on when you, when you started talking about it, how, how our needs are different than the stuff that we are able to create. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, you've probably heard me talk about scarcity, abundance, love versus fear. So it has a lot to do with that energy. When you need something, you feel like it's kind of a victim. I need this. You almost sound like you're helpless. You're looking for someone to do the work for you, or you're looking to fill a void, um, lack, uncertainty. And then when you get to create it, you step into a whole different energy and mindset of, I am able to create now. Like need sounds like you're still lacking and you're living in the past, but create is very present tense. I can create the life I want by, and then you can start to implement things and create. It sounds more empowering. It sounds like you're ready. It even feels different when you say it out loud, like I need this or I can create this. Yeah. You you actually did say something else that's, uh, very hard for a Canadian person to say is uh, you were talking about uh, saying, I'm sorry. Now as, Oh yeah. As a Canadian, <laughs> that's like our second word in our, in our, yes. in our, in our language. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. So yes. I, I found that that actually powerful uh, the changing from the, I'm sorry to uh, what was it? Um, thank thank you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it doesn't exactly have to be thank you, but, I remember starting with one client and he had a bad knee and he felt, he felt bad. He needed help getting out of the rower. So he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, Whoa, no, no, no. Now I feel bad. I'm helping you try to say thank you for helping me up. So then I could say you're welcome. And now we just exchange gratitude and we can move forward, not be in guilt and lack. Yeah. Like, like I said, as a Canadian, very Mm -hmm. hard for us Mm -hmm. to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually leads us into the next uh, the next question, um, sure. which is like, 
mindset. And I know personally that if the client is not in the proper mindset, they are not going to be able to gain, um, gain the results that they're looking for. How important have you seen it in your clients uh, getting them in the proper mindset for weight loss, for example? Yeah, it's everything. If you are not, if you don't have conviction, you're not going to do it. You know, when people come in and they still think that they're not going to do it, guess what? You're manifesting that you're not going to do it. So really trying to present tense, everything's present tense. Like I am strong. I am moving my body every day. I am not like I will. That again, sounds like lack or I am going to, I make sure we spell it out. We do goal setting and we present time it so that they feel, okay, what's the date? What's your name? It sounds silly, but it's really important to say your name, your age, your date and, and make it present time so that you could be like, oh, oh yeah, whatever that story was. And we go through, you know, dropping old stories. But yeah, if you're not convinced you can do it, you're not going to do it. It's like a runner showing up to a race and I can't run this far. So guess what? They're not going to. Yeah. I hate running. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> My whole body hurts when I run. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have an amazing attitude. And I've said this before. You have this, I don't give a fuck attitude that yes. most people are, will be overwhelmed by it, but I find it refreshing because I think it's uh, much needed, especially in these times where it's like everybody has a tendency of like retreating into themselves. Mm -hmm. When did this attitude come about? Mm. It's always been there on some level, but sometimes I would suppress it. And when I suppressed it, it didn't feel good when I was trying to live my life as others wanted me to in the box. We'll talk about the box. Um, it did not serve me well. And people don't have to come out and say, fuck it. Exactly. You know, not everyone's going to have that language or come out with an attitude, but it's finally saying, you know, essentially fuck it to the box to the mom that expected you to be the perfect child. And you're still doing that at seven years old and then putting that perfection and shame on your children. So we usually carry these things, these stories, and until you can finally just shed them, it feels so good. Yeah, that's, I what, can... that's what I love to teach because everyone wants that on some level. That's why they're buying the magazine that says, just do this. But, you know, it's almost like wooing them in with one surface level thing because there's really, if you dig deeper, there's stuff under there. That we just need to wake up to or need to, I said need. <laughs> we get to, we get to wake up to. That's awesome. So because, I, like I sorry, go ahead, go ahead and cut you oh, off. Oh no, no. Like you wonder how some of these people just skate through life and and you know, two people could have the same thing happen to them. Maybe they got in um, you know, in in war, both their legs were blown off. One guy becomes a motivational speaker, one guy is in a wheelchair begging for money on the street corner. What are you going to do with all this? Are you going to use this as an opportunity to you know, catapult yourself into the future? Or are you going to use this as an excuse to just not live your life? Because you live with yourself 24-7. So who cares about everyone else's expectations of you? Yep. 
totally i totally agree with that and i to- like i said like i love it like i think it's i think it's amazing um i love watching your feed it's great so <laughs> <laughs> what's one of the mindset hacks that you could share with uh somebody let's say who's having a hard time with you know being you know with the last year that we had it's been really hard for a lot of people because they're not used to being locked indoors for an extended yeah. period of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I honestly think grounding has been the best tool that I've been able to teach everyone. And I do suggest doing that just every day. And if you don't do it every day, don't be mad at yourself and don't put more shame on it. And it's literally, you're just sitting there and you go back on your pineal. So you're not in judgment mode and that's behind your forehead, back in between your ears. You sit in a chair and you pull up like the earth energy and get really grounded. So that way you're calm and centered and you need to need to. There I go again. (laughs) You get to remind yourself of your name, your age and the date. It's so simple. And then everyone opens their eyes. It goes way beyond that. But that's the most simple one. Just an energy run. If you don't want to call it grounding an energy run to keep the energy for yourself because it's all energy either. You have it, you give it away, you hold on to other people's energy, or you're completely ignorant of all the energy and it's blown out in the world. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for that. Um, Keeping with uh, the same idea with everybody being locked indoors, their lives have been turned upside down. Mm-hmm. Their, their entire lifestyle from being able to say, you know what, I'm going to go hang out with, uh, with my friends on the corner and, or at a, at a coffee shop and just have a coffee, not allowed to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. What's, can you talk about, you, you also, you, you've talked about trust in creation. Mm-hmm. How can you implement like creating something out of, let's say, this bad situation that we've been placed in. Cause I know you've done some amazing things during the lockdown. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Like, how did you do it? Like, what are the things that you would help somebody with, you know, get out of whatever funk that they're in? I think people became really terrified to be sitting with themselves. And if they've never done any self work or been through any kind of difficult traumatic experience maybe they lack the tools or they weren't sharp anymore and it's been a year right so the last week we actually had them all write a letter um, past tense present tense and then a future letter to themselves because I think people don't even recognize the what happened exactly how they reacted and and where they came about and how they got here and when you can start to look at yourself objectively. It's almost like being in the movie versus being on the movie. So I teach people to kind of zoom out. So that way you can see the guy around the corner with the knife about to kill you. But if you're in the movie, you're gonna turn the corner and get murdered, right? So it's just objectively looking at your life, you know, pulling out the feelings, emotions and seeing how you were behaving and seeing how you can create different behaviors. And then you can start to attach the feelings around it. Like, oh my gosh, I was really depressed. So then I was drinking and then I was overeating and then I wasn't reading and I wasn't taking care of my body. What was really going on? Okay. And then mapping all of that out. But we get to decide if we want to work on those things because some people still want to numb out. And I know when this all happened, 
I said, oh, no, I am not going to let some little virus determine the outcome of my life. Little virus, people might not like that one, but I know who I am. I know I what I like to do, and I know I like to create different programs, and it helped me think bigger. How can I reach more people? How can I use this different platform? How can I create experiences for people? We did a virtual run um, distance challenge. And, you know, every morning I would say, okay, today you're going to draw Strava art. Okay. Tomorrow you're going to write love, take a picture, put it up in Strava. Okay. Write a love letter to a neighbor and go deliver it by hand. We did fun things like that to keep people together in a community. Cause we did feel alone. So we said immunity through community and like alone together. So we get to decide if we're going to reach outside of ourselves by going in then reaching outside and connecting different things. So did that answer your question? Oh yeah. So it's like basically <laughs> like being like an architect of your current situation. Yes. I love that. And once you can see objectively what happened from the past, learn the lessons and use the information to move forward. Otherwise it's going to keep, following you it's going to be on your coattails you're going to be pulling that donkey cart it's going to get heavier so my gosh sometimes you have to just look back and be like what did I just do okay how can I lighten the load how can I create a new experience because gosh darn it I don't want to do that again Mm -hmm. if you think of life like a big school and learning opportunities like we don't want to repeat kindergarten you want to graduate you want to learn the ABCs move on go to first grade learn some more lessons, move on. So school, think of it like school. And then people might go, Oh, I see what you're saying. Do you think that uh, there's a, when people go through your training, do you think that people would want to go back to regain their old lifestyle? Why? (laughs) They started with me because something was not right with them. And it's usually they identify Oh, I'm 20 pounds overweight. Okay. We start there. We start with the squats and the broccoli and then we start digging in and then they recreate a whole new language with themselves and feel empowered. So it's not going back. It's moving forward. I love that. And it's interesting that you said language with themselves because, uh, Going back to my past, and everybody listening to my show knows my past, um, having kept it secret, where I had locked myself in a room, a bedroom for a year. And to the point where I was looking at the mirror, looking myself at the mirror, and I was telling myself, I fucking hate you. And that got me to the point where I was standing on a bridge ready to do a swan dive off of it. So it's what you said, the language with themselves is so crucial to be able to see yourself in the mirror and have a different conversation, a loving conversation with yourself. Yes. Because if you can't love yourself, there's no way in God's green earth that you're going to be able to love anyone else. Absolutely not. What's one of the key tools that you would help better that conversation with someone, with themselves? That's what we do consistently. And also with the coaching calls, I have them on 
we're, I always have them right, 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 right. And then also while we're in a messenger feed, I can watch their language and, and when we see things and then they're also watching each other. So they're learning at an exponential rate, not just from me, but from each other. And then they can start to pinpoint like, oh, I see, you, you know, you were talking down on yourself there. How can you say it better? How can you create a better dialogue around that? And that's where it's really powerful too. It's the, you know, really identifying the scarcity versus lack type of language. And yeah, you, like you're right. If you don't love yourself, everything you touch is going to feel that way as well. Yep. I say they come for the squats and broccoli. They leave with the self-confidence, self-love and self-actualization. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um... And beyond that, they start to pay it forward. You know, they say like, okay, now my son's eating better and my son's moving better. And, and they're having more impactful conversations with their spouses, their children, people at work, because that's the stuff we work through as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's important for people to look in their past and see markers? We'll call them markers in their lives so they could say, oh, wait, this is happening. Mm -hmm. I remember when this was happening. Mm -hmm. So that they can pick up uh, lessons not to do it again. Yes. Yes. And then it's important then to, like you said, learn the lesson and then clear it and it might perk up again, but we do a technique even in the group to clear past memories. Cause like I said, that it'll just be on your shoulders and you'll carry it around and it'll feel like a burden and you'll operate from that past memory. That's not serving you today and moving forward. Cool. Cool. No, I, yeah. I know. Cause I, I, it's it's like i keep telling people like depression depression is something that you carry with for your entire life you can't you're mm -hmm. never going to beat it but you can find markers in your life where it's like oh, wait a second this is starting to come back into my life again what yeah. did i do before to help me get out of it and just mm -hmm. do it just go ahead and do it one of these key things that i actually found recently personally was meditation Mm -hmm. And uh, you've been doing meditation for how long now? Mm, a little over a year, not that long, but it works that fast. I mean, within as soon as you do it, it's it's immediate. <laughs> what kind of meditation do you do? Do you do like uh, guided? Do you do silent? Uh, I know you talked about it. Yes, last week, actually. Yeah, I know. I, that was one thing I was scared to talk about. I'm like, oh man, people are going to think I'm woo woo, but that's what people love the most. Um, how do I describe it? It's actually bait. I did not make it up. We don't make this stuff up. It's based on, um, it's handed down from generations to generations in Africa. So I actually was taught by a little, little old white lady who used to be a nurse who had this you know, awakening. And now she's one of these divine gurus teaching this type of meditation. It's called rose readings and rose healings. And I use it on my kids as well. And we do this in the group. 
you start with the grounding and just really get quiet. And that's usually enough. If that's one thing everyone learns, just do the grounding energy run. That's it. It's as hard as it needs to be. And this actually helps a lot with energy. So what kind of mm -hmm. energy are we talking about? Because I actually studied a little bit of uh, traditional Chinese medicine. And we were and I've been taught like the with the with the chi energies. Is, is that kind of the stuff that you're talking about? Yeah, it's just being aware of, you know, we only have so much energy. Are you holding it close to yourself too close? Are you giving it away blindly till your blood dry? Are you absorbing other people's energy? You know, I think we have this past vision of how life is and it's, it's not, you know, two dimensional. There's a lot of dimensions going on and energy, you know, it comes from a science background. It comes from, from that spiritual background. I don't think it has a hard definition at chi, Buddha, this, all those, that's all, it's all energy, it's universal energy. Very cool. Um, well, so what benefit have you seen with yourself and with other people that you've helped with this? Uh, I run hard, fast, heavy, 10,000 miles an hour, and I'll burn myself out. So it's been helpful for me to step back and keep my energy. And like I said, being raised the way I was, I, I learned how to read people. And sometimes I'll overdo that and then I overshare and I used to think I could heal everyone by giving away my energy and now by holding my own and holding my boundaries I can teach other people to do that because we all unknowingly do it until we know we do it and then teaching people to keep their energy for themselves keep other bad energy out um, and we we talk about it you know and we're not just like oh my gosh energy okay, hey, Joe, when you go to work and you have that narcissist, they're going to blow out your boundary and they're going to try and come in and then you're carrying their burdens and then you bring that home and then you get in a fight with Sally and then your son, Charlie, and then you're all mad and then that's why you're drinking and eating. So that's how we make it real and relevant and get them to see the importance of it. Did that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, I know exactly what you mean by going 10,000 miles an hour. Cause I, yes. I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very yeah. Guilty. I, I literally threw a fit the first time I meditated because I had to sit down and stop and I was mad. But once I did it, I'm like, Oh, this is actually really beneficial. So I think just me even saying that helps other people go, Oh, well, if it helped you, and you run at 10,000 miles an hour, how can it help me? Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried breath work? That's an easy one to just get your energy back. Because who's going to sit there and always close their eyes and be like, okay, let me get my energy real quick. Let me run my energy in the ground. Yeah, breath work's great. That's yoga, moving meditation. It's all about the breathing in and out. And I use that in workouts when they start to get talky and chatty. I go, okay, let's go back to the breath. It works before you're in a heated conversation with, you know, someone in your family or you're about to yell at your kids. Breath works great. Great technique. So you use breath work with the workouts because that's kind of very familiar to me because mm -hmm. uh, 
with even with me, like I, I use that with my clients, but I learned that through uh, Russian martial arts when I was studying how to connect breathing with movements. Yes. Well, we do it a little bit fair. We do it a little bit differently. So how would you connect uh, the breathing with a movement? Uh, just giving people in a rhythm when they start to lose confidence that they could do something. It's like, okay, take an inhale, get set up and then exhale. And I, I will get them like, if it's a kettlebell swing or a lunge or whatever they're doing, like in, out, in, out, it helps you go from like, I can't do this or I'm stressed or start thinking about work to just go back into your body. And it keeps that rhythm. Same with running is rhythm. Yoga is rhythm. There's just a rhythm. There's a rhythm to life. And when we get out of that rhythm, things feel chaotic. Here's where I go in like the nerdy chemistry. Everything's always trying to come to this balance, this harmonious balance. Homeostasis. Homeostasis, yes. Yep. It's okay. You can go nerdy. I don't care. Like, I'm okay, good. I'm like, I'm, I'm good with nerdy. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, it's, in, yeah, like I said, like, uh, when I run, whenever I do run, like, I, I don't listen to music like most people do because I'm, I'm too busy, mm -hmm. I'm busy breathing, busy counting. Yeah. Um, do you do that as well? It kind of depends. Um, just depends what I need for the day. It's a moving meditation for me. And I was like, you run a lot, but I've probably written it a whole library in my head running, solve the problems, think about my life, think about the business. Um, like I said, I've run 10,000 miles an hour, maybe not my speed anymore, but it's helpful for me to just kind of pull and think differently. That's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. Woo woo and energy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we touched up on woo-woo and energy, but let's mm -hmm. let, let's go a little bit deeper into the woo-woo because like I said, like I am really big into that part and into energy as well because of martial arts in my past and, you know, learning traditional Chinese medicine and understanding chi and flow. So how would you describe the woo-woo and energy? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. How would I describe the woo-woo and energy? Um, I think just first to bring awareness to, of your own energy and how your energy is affecting other people and affecting decisions you make. And that's really all it is. How much energy do you have? Where do you want to put it? How do you want to keep it? Um, you know, when I'm even teaching people are like, you sound like Yoda, Sabrina, some of the things I say and question them on. And it just keeps trickling out in all these areas that I interact with people. And I used to hide that because I'm like, oh, people don't want that. They do. On some level, they do. And if they don't, they're just not open to it yet. The woo-woo is just creating awareness so that you can experience yourself. And then you don't really care about all the external bullshit. Awesome. Um, now we're going to get a little bit nerdy. Uh, okay. do, you do you believe it's transferable energy from one person to another and how much woo-woo is involved in that? Mm. That has to do with some permission stuff. Like you don't want to do a reading on someone if they don't give you permission, you're overstepping boundaries. So I think to, then you're, you're like stealing. It's rude. 
it's rude. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like a conversation. You need their permission. You can, and when you're good, you can sense it from people. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I trigger some people or intimidate people. I get that a lot. I intimidate people and I just think it's funny. I go, well, they're not, they don't want to wake up. It's fine. I don't care. But some people get so, you know, self-righteous on this mission. Like I'm going to wake up the whole world. Well, who said you don't need, that's not your responsibility. You can trickle things out and see if people are like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to wake up. I want to be woke. (laughs) If not, like, that's not your, it's not like you're militant. You must wake up. I mean, you're, you're not like door-to-door salesman. Hey, do you want to wake up to some woo-woo? They'd be like, get out of here. You're crazy. You know, so that's why I'd like putting it out there in different ways for people to say, you know what? I see how this can be helpful in my life too. And they raise their hand. Yes, please. I'd like to learn some woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah. I just throw it out there. I don't care. You want to listen. Yeah. If you want to listen, you, you listen. If you don't want to listen, yeah, you'll listen. Uh, what's Paul Chuck actually used to say? Uh, if you don't pay me today, you'll pay me on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So it's like you don't do it now. You're gonna do, you're gonna do it later, anyways. So one way or into the other. Yeah. Uh, being a single mom of two young teenage women, your life must be absolutely crazy trying to manage them, yourself, your business. How do you find balance in all of this? <laughs> there's there's definitely been imbalance time. And I look back and I go, well, I do not want to go there again. I doubted myself at one point and I was even in pharmaceutical sales to pay off. It was so ironic to pay off the loan for my studio. I was selling insulin. Oh boy. Um, that was a crazy year, but I learned a lot of good things. Raising teenagers. Wow. Talk about some challenges on energy work and boundaries. And my ex-husband calls me a psycho barefoot hippie. So (laughs) my kids love the stuff I do and they understand it. And it helps them on some levels, but they're also teenagers. So they're doing their teenage things and they're not resistant, but it's almost like what you just said, you keep showing and they'll learn it next Tuesday or in 10 years or things will click eventually. Yeah. It's pretty nutty. Not going to lie. Teenagers. I remember when I was a teenager. Oh yeah. That's what I, I, I remind myself too. I'm like, well, Sometimes we have to go through some nasty stuff to become better human beings for it. And I try and just have open conversations with them. Doesn't mean they're willing to. I mean, they walk right out of the room. (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, You actually do uh, another interesting thing with your program uh, that you're offering on Facebook. And I'll, I'll put all your links to everything with the show notes, everybody has access to it. Um, You talk about life balance and mapping it out. Yes. How can you map something out like life balance? 
Mm. I think it's just the creation of the time to look at things. Cause again, we live in our heads. Have you heard me talk about the, like the thoughts to um, actions to results? We usually live with the thoughts and the intention to do something. So getting people to actually write it down and look at it like, Oh, I've been saying for five years, I was going to do this thing to change my life. And I think pen to paper is magical. Can you still hear me? Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. There's just a little bit of background noise. Oh, okay. I was like, did it go off? Um, and it's not like, okay, I have to go from A to B, but it's bringing the awareness that, ooh, this, this piece. I'm go here. I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Um, looking. Okay. Hey, I'm not exactly where I have wished I was going to be for the last 10 years. What can I do? And it's not like this rigid thing. We know nothing's linear, right? You're going to have, you know, snowballs thrown at you and bowling pins. But as long as you have that direction and that purpose, you know where you're going, like in the car again, you're, you'll get there eventually, or it will change. But again, if you have no direction or awareness, you're going to keep picking up that magazine and going, lose 10 pounds in one month by reading this article. And then I'm going to buy the, the new gadget they came out with. And then I'm going to try that really punishing, shaming diet. Ugh, and then still be frustrated and just give up. So it's more like having like the North star kind of thing. Like uh, I, I have a practice where I actually write my eulogy and I work my way backwards from my eulogy. Mm -hmm. So something like that is something. Yes. Like yeah. Cause do. we, we do 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. We do a year out because that way, if you know, it's like standing at that race, Oh my gosh, I have to run 26 miles. It's like, well, no, break it up. You know, run this mile at this pace, this mile at this pace, get water. So it's breaking those pieces up. Like you say, the eulogy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Putting it down, seeing where you want to go and figuring out the habits to actually get you there. So you don't wake up and go, eh, I'll do it later. Eh, whatever. It doesn't matter. You make it so it is something you could do consistently without feeling, feeling overwhelmed. And how far out do you normally go? Like just a year or do you go further? Uh, we can go further, but in the beginning, no, that'll freak them out too much. <laughs> it's usually 30, 60, 90. Oh, I could do that. Okay. Where are you in a year? And really paint it out. Like, how do you feel? What are you wearing? What are you tasting? What's the smell? You know, who are you with? So that way you can really create that imagery around it. It's like, you know, the NFL players, do they picture themselves just playing a game. Oh, just go play a game. Or they're like, Hey, picture yourself holding that leather ball. What does it smell like? How does it feel to run down the field? What do you hear? Do you hear the noise? And the... so then you paint that big picture, you hear everyone yelling and then you spike it because you just won the Super Bowl. And then now there's champagne all over you and you're licking it off your lips and your kids on your shoulders. And they're like, yes, I want that. I want that moment. And they'll do the stuff to get there. Cool. So, so pretty much something on the same lines as uh, David Goggins. You know David Goggins? Everyone thinks I follow him. I know who he is, but <laughs> yeah. 
But he had, he did something similar. Like he was overweight. He was in his basement watching uh, the graduation ceremony of the U.S. Marines. He saw twenty-two Marines uh, um, sitting sitting at graduation, and he mm-hmm. pictured himself sitting as the twenty-third Marine. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't have the vision, good luck. So tying this back to balance, because I've done this many times in my life. And like you, I go at 10,000 miles per per minute and you have a tendency of becoming burnt out. I've been there in October. I did nothing in October and it wasn't fun because I would start to feel like a failure. So how can you manage somebody who's like so like i gotta get this done i'm so excited i can't wait to get this done in 30 days 90 days 60 days how do you just bring to say whoa 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 whoa!" just pull up pull the reins a little bit how would you go about something like that um we keep it really simple i say progress over perfection and this shit works and then i have everyone else in the group also saying just do it do the shit that works keep it simple we keep it so simple and pay attention to when it's on overdrive and then pulling back like this shit works and i talk about you know i will get anemic if i don't pay attention and like you said sometimes just lay in bed and crash but as a grown adult and looking back at what did you call them not triggers but the information your past mistakes whatever you call them you you pay attention to that information. And I think having someone look at it with you, uh, most coaches, trainers, I don't know, they don't have you go get blood work and, and help you realize that, you know what, you're low on testosterone and that's why you're crashing out. So sometimes there's other factors besides you just going too hard. Sometimes your body's just not in a happy place. Everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very definitely. So everyone's yeah. different. Some people move more Eeyore pace and that's okay. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be closing off the show in just a bit. I'm going to be asking you six or seven questions that I ask all my guests and I just want to get your feedback on them. Okay. Um, with the increase in people suffering from depression from the lockdowns and the uncertainty in today's world. What's the one thing that you could help, you could tell them to keep their hopes up? Mm, That's a good question. Um, I think that starting to talk about it and, and admit that they're in a place, because if you can't admit it, you're not going to be able to create a new experience or find the help you need. I mean, all these things are great, but some people do need to go beyond you're working with a coach and that's okay too. It just depends on the level, the severity level and in the tools that they have or don't have. Cool. Where do you see Sabrina's super productions in the next five years? In the next five years? That's a good question too. Uh, still building the races. The races are near and dear to my heart. It's just building an awesome community, bringing people together, going more online 
Um, I know some people are like, well, it's Zoom, it's boring. Well, is it boring? Because we can connect a lot more people and I'm not limited to people just in my area. So how rad is that to elevate and get more people vibing high? Yeah, yeah, I'm all in. And I would love to do in-person like group events, um, working on different coaching strategies to teach more people. Because I think it's sharing our medicine, it's sharing our gifts. It'd be really cool. Cool. Yeah. What about you personally? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Well, I guess all my kids will be in college by then. So it was a dream of mine to live in a van and go teach people and be barefoot. That was like the old, old girl, Sabrina. Maybe there's parts of that in me where I can go travel more and experience more of that. I don't want to say freedom. Kids are freedom in a different way. It'll be different freedom without teenagers in the house. That's cool. I think it's, I think it's still there. It's still there. <laughs> my, my little one, when this all first happened, she goes, mom, can you just go teach, you know, and we'll live in the van and you can homeschool me. I'm like, um, I would actually love that a lot. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? You dumb fuck. <laughs> 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 what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know actually like I would just hang up on myself because I really like who I am and where I'm at so maybe I would just not even make the phone call because I had to go through all that to get here and I would right. be less of a person to be able to help people through their shit if I didn't go through shit and you know what gardens grow out of the best shit so there we go Oh yeah, the best gardens. My grandfather used to gardens. have. My grandfather used to have these massive, award-winning uh, tomatoes. Yeah, these smelliest, stinkiest manure he'd <laughs> put on it, and I was like, see? Oh. "See, while I was going through my hardest stuff in my life, I just kept reminding myself, well, they use manure to grow the best gardens. Here we go." <laughs> yeah. uh, looking back, would you change anything? No. I love that answer. Nope. Always love that answer. Mm-hmm. Keeps telling me you guys get it. Everybody gets it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what keeps you up at night? Ooh. Overthinking. <laughs> yeah. I get really excited and create. And sometimes I stay in overcreation mode and can't sleep. And that's when I want to get on Facebook and just write a story. <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that. Like no one's going to be watching. Not that it matters. It doesn't matter. I got to get up and write now. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, where can people find more about you? Ooh, I think Facebook is probably the best place right now. Okay. Uh, I will, again, I will post all your links uh, with your permission. Of course, you like your websites yeah. and everything. They're great. Yeah. So uh, I'll post them all on the show notes and uh, on my Facebook account as well to get the word out. Uh, Any final thoughts? No, this was really fun. It's awesome to talk to other like-minded people spreading whatever you call the woo-woo, the love. What do you call it? What do you call it? Uh, I don't call it anything. 
I, I don't yeah. call it anything. It is what it is for me. It's uh, I have my own label to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a religious label to it, but I've had, like I said, like I've had my own experience with, I guess you can call it the divine. Yes. Where I can't argue its existence. So twice. Yeah. It's a flower of life. Oh, oh, Mm -hmm. Uh, I've actually, actually one of my podcasting friends actually has that as her uh, logo. Yeah. So I just, it is for me, it's uh, like I said, like it's a more, it's a more religious tag to it. So. Yeah. I'll be looking more now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Sabrina, thank you so much for coming on. I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate uh, your honesty and your your ability to come out and just be you in this world of fake. And that's what I actually really, truly appreciate about you. Uh, you're not this... Uh, I have been I have been following you on Facebook for quite some time, not in a stalking kind of way. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like I get I get this. This is cool. She's cool. She's cool. Yeah. So and I'm like, you know what? Finally, we have some real in this whole mess of fake and it's yes. refreshing. And I appreciate you for just being real. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate you for noticing that. That's what it is. Cool. Uh, Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever, ever before. And you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours until every, until then to everyone out there listening, I wish a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night wherever you may be in this crazy world. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this with your friends and family members. If you know of someone who is suffering from depression, please share this with them as well, as it may help them realize that there is help out there and that they are not alone. Also, please be so kind and give us a five-star rating on wherever you may be listening and some comments as your feedback is highly appreciated. Thank you again for supporting our mission to speak out and find solutions about men's mental health issues. And stay tuned for more amazing stories from real people that are just like you.